welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 71, for Saturday the 21st of October, 2017. More writing done today, 5,135 words written of my sci-fi dystopian book, Deleted, and that means that we're now about 15,500, I always write over the 5,000 words um, to make sure I'm good and done, rather than just scraping in. So we're about 15,500 words right now. Story's going uh, well. It's under its own jet propulsion now. And I do, as I'm writing more books and stories, I do feel this, that when you've got the inciting moment, the thing that that ignites the story, to a certain extent, it's just a case of what happens next. Now, it's not quite as dull as that because you'd you'd end up with the kind of story that you'd write as a five-year-old, you know, and then somebody did this and then somebody did that. It's not quite like that, but... Uh, it, it does get its own propulsion, I think. Uh, that literally, after I'd finished writing today, I wrote in my notes for what I'm going to be writing next week, because to a certain extent, I got to ask answer all the questions that I just raised in the writing that I've done, or at least some of them. And um, so I'm feeling a little bit more confident with that book just now. Um, I, what I'm missing, and I'm hoping this is going to come to me over the weekend, is I'm just missing this big um, pivot. I, I, I think I've probably got it, but I don't know whether it's big enough. Um, so just looking for the kind of halfway point. And um, the other thing I did today, interestingly, it's over in my tray, huh? I'll just lean over and get it, um, is I printed out, just to remind myself, and to make sure I'm pacing the book correctly, I printed out a graphic of the three-act structure. Now, I, I write all my notes in the novel factory, but um, I can't remember what I was listening to the other day. Somebody was talking about the three-act structure. And um, I just printed it out to remind myself of it. And I've got a lovely little graphic here. It just shows how the, the book builds. So you have the climax of Act One, and I'm kind of there this today and, and the next writing day I have. I'm, I'm kind of there with that, um, and you've got to have the inciting incident in there, the climax of Act One. Then we get some obstacles and this uh, ascending action, this feeling that something's about to happen. Um, so by next week, I'm writing two days next week, we'll have hit the twenty-five thousand word mark, the midpoint, and that's where we need the big kind of confrontation twist, the big kind of <gasps> moment in the book. And then we 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 go to the climax and then the denouement of the uh, story. So all exciting stuff, but I am tracking it all on this little piece of paper here that has the three-act structure on it. If you haven't used that before, it's just a useful little tool to use just to make sure your story is, um, is good and has all the prerequisites in it. So next week is half term in the UK. Um, it could be an interesting week for me. My wife's away all week in Berlin. She's going traveling. Um, and so I've got the uh, two of the boys at home um, for the week. <laughs> they won't even be seen until midday, probably, uh, possibly afterwards, um, which is fine. So I shall just have my head down working next week. And um, if you remember, I was going to spend half term uh, writing. I was going to do five or four days of writing. I'm not going to do that now. I just... Um, I'm just doing other things during this quarter and I've squeezed time and moved things around. So I just decided to write two days next week. 
Um, so moving to my left now, rather than to my right, which is where my tray is. I'm getting my calendar now. Um, I'm going to be writing on Tuesday and Thursday of next week. Now, frankly, it doesn't really matter uh, which days I write. I've got Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. And I'm popping into work on Wednesday just because um, things happen on a Wednesday. It doesn't really matter to me when I take the leave. So I am going to do a day's um, proper work on Wednesday. But I'll, I'll shuffle those four days round. If I wake up on Monday and I'm dying to write... I'll write on Monday, but there'll be two days of marketing next week and two days of writing, and uh, that'll get all the work done, of course. Now, um, big news this week. It is big news because I've actually, for the first time ever, landed my first BookBub promo. Now, did I tell you last week? I can't remember whether whether the rejection had come in last week. I I I'd said to you that I was going to try and try and get a BookBub in this quarter. And I've been trying, I don't think I've tried with the thrillers yet, actually, um, but I've been trying constantly with the sci-fi and they keep knocking it back every time. And um, so I put Don't Tell Meg in and I'm sure it's the first thriller I've put in to BookBub and it just gets accepted just like that. And the funny thing about it is, is that with um, The Grid and with The Secret Bunker, they've got expensive covers on that I, I had specially made at great expense. And with Don't Tell Meg, um, it's kind of like a DIY, well, it's not a DIY. I had the original, original cover made up to a kind of dodgy design that I'd made on Fiverr, uh, and it was done properly rather than with my lack of artistic skills. And, um, and, you know, I look at those covers and my wife's saying, you know, they're, they're all right. Cause I'm always saying, oh, they're not, they're not professional covers. And, and when I look at them in paperback, I think, you know, they're not terrible. They're not brilliant, but they're not terrible. Um, you know, to be a terrible cover is when I was, covers where somebody just uses the Amazon cover creator and stick a photograph in and you can see them a mile off and you think oh no 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 don't use that as a cover so they're not terrible but they're not brilliant but I've done them so I could release them fast and I could afford it so I've, I've put my money into the edits I think the covers are okay they don't seem to inhibit the book sales at all don't seem to inhibit the um the feedback that I get on them but anyhow that's a long way around of saying I'm quite surprised that they accepted don't tell Meg but it has been. So uh, I've got a my first ever book bub on Monday the 30th of October, which which is uh, next week, isn't it? So week, is it? Yeah, week on Monday. Um, and I don't really know what to make of it because I, I was interviewing Rob Sinclair earlier this week. Rob is a, a thriller writer. He's published with uh, Bloodhound Books. You know that I'm very keen to get something published with Bloodhound Books by Hook of O' Crook. And uh, Rob was saying that he was I mean, he's had an amazing uh, indie author career. But for him and for so many of the authors I've talked to on this podcast, the point of ignition was BookBub. They got a BookBub. They shifted a lot of books. I think uh, Rob was saying, I think he shifted um, 30,000 books as part of a BookBub. 30,000 books. Can you imagine that? Um, they were free. But can you imagine shifting 30,000 books? It's, it's phenomenal. Um, so, um, and, and then what he said, of course, because like me, he was writing in a series, he got buy through. And because he'd shifted quite so many free books... Obviously, even a fraction of that as buy-through is more money than most of us ever make with our promos. Um, so I said to him, it's really interesting that you're telling me this, Rob, because only this week I've just got my first book bub. Um, and I, I hope, <laughs> I hope I have a little bit of that. That would be great if I just had a little bit of that success that he'd had with his book bub. So what I'm doing, um, it, it comes at great expense, by the way. So I've, I've got, um, I can't remember how they split it, but I've gone for the full Monty. Um, so I, I think you can have, is it USA only and then everybody else? And I think I've gone for everything. Now that's cost me in pounds. 
um, can't remember what the dollars are, but in pounds, it's cost me £272.25 for BookBub. And what I've done is, because I want to give this a real good thrash. Now I've finally got this BookBub. It might be the only one I ever get. Um, I'm going to give it a real good thrashing. So the day after, I've booked a free booksy promo. That's cost me £66.12. And a BookSends promo at £56. Um, so I'm in for quite a lot here um, with these promos. Now, just let me talk you through the reasoning with this. Now, we all know that if you get a BookBub promo, you just kind of find the money and do it because we, we all need a BookBub promo. You find the money. And, and so I, I always knew that I'd just pay whatever for a BookBub and find the money. Now, prior to BookBub, I call uh, Free Booksy the poor man's BookBub in that Free Booksy has been brilliant for me. So I've I've promoted my sci-fi books, uh, Secret Bunker and The Grid, a couple of times on Free Booksy. It costs very slightly depending on your genre, but it's about 55, 60 quid is what you pay for a Free Booksy. And, and Free Booksy, promoting on Free Booksy when I released the Don't Tell Meg trilogy, that was what paid for me to go to Spain earlier this year. It was it was Free Booksy and then a couple of really cheap promos at the end of it. Uh, that's what did it for me um, and, and and made that fa- that first $1,000 month just with Free Booksy. Um, so I have found with Free Booksy that when I use it, I shift a lot of books. It usually gets me certainly top 10 in the Amazon Free Books, but usually number one or n- number two, number three, usually, certainly top five. Free books usually gets me top five in the freebies. And, and I think on, on several occasions, it's got me to number one in the freebies. So I've had really good value from free booksy. Now I did book sends because when I was interviewing Rob Sinclair, he said I did a, he said he did a, a book bub and a book sends. And I thought, oh, book sends. I looked it up and I thought, oh, I don't think I've used this before. This looks very good. So I, I booked an ad. And then when I was paying the invoice, it took me through to an account and I found that I actually have used book sends. I used it um, in 2015 with, with uh, the grid. I think it was the grid I used it with. So I can't remember whether book sends is any good or not, but it certainly looks very good. It looks very professional. It's one of these uh, higher quality promo sites. So I thought, oh, what the heck? Let, let's do it. So the theory is that um, I'm doing my book will go free on uh, the 29th. Uh, so I always do it a day before just to make sure it's free by the time the ad hits. Uh, basically, because I'm too lazy to sit there and work out what the time differences are. I just think, oh, just do it the day before and then it'll, it'll be good to go by the time the promo starts. So I've got the book bub on the Monday. And then usually what happens, you, when, when, you, when I do a free book, so you also, you have a really, really good day on promo day. And then you wake up to it usually because it's the states where you get the download. So it's, it's okay when you go to bed. This, I'm talking from a UK point of view here. It's okay when you go to bed and you get up in the morning. You've done this amazing number of downloads with, with free booksy. And then usually I, I, what, what I've learned to do is I, I have a little follow up. So I have another couple of promos and usually they just give me the extra thrash. Um, because, um, I think it seems to be good to be performing over a couple of days with Amazon. It usually just gives me the extra thrash to keep me in that top five or number one slot, wherever I've managed to get to, um, and just sustain the position for a little bit longer. Uh, so that's why I've booked the free books here, the book sends um, the day after. And what I might do is I might just book a couple of cheapos, maybe you know three days after, something like that. So I will let you know. It's Monday the 30th of October, so it's going to be the first diary in November. That, that's to be the first opportunity I have to tell you how it's gone. But I will let you know, warts and all, how that book bub does. Now, if you just... If you, if you tune into the diary, the first diary of November, which is what? When's that going to be scheduled for? So I'll be able to give you the results on Saturday, the 4th of November. If all you hear is a grown man crying, 
uh, you'll know that it wasn't worth the money that I spent. But, um, you know, fingers crossed, let's hope that this does something because in many respects, BookBub, for the last two years of my self-publishing career, I've known it's the, the holy grail. Um, I've had a lot of disappointments in, in internet marketing. I know that some you win, some you lose. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've lost a lot. I've won a few. Um, uh, so I just keep my fingers crossed and I will let you know, of course, I'll give you all the details, let you know how many purchases it moved on to, you know, what the knock on effect is and how long the tail ends. So with free booksy, when I do a free booksy promo, it usually keeps my sales up for certainly two months, often as long as three months. It just keeps things a bit more buoyant than they normally would be basically because you've shifted a lot of freebies and people are moving through the free book and then a certain percentage of them are buying your books two and three. And I've always had that knock on effect because I write in series and I'm interested to see what kind of a knock on effect I get with bookbub so a um, little bit of excitement in the teague author career i will let you know how it goes um more good results from authors xp if you haven't um tried this site yet please do look at it um i i'm very happy with it um authors xp um is a site where you could do free it's not a free book promise i always forget that it's not like free insta freebie or book funnel it's not a free book promo what happens is that you all promote um you all basically uh, commit to give a prize, an ebook prize, and when people um, enter by giving their name and email address, they're they're trying to win thirty books or forty books, however many authors are involved. Um, so all you do is is you get the list at the end of it, and um, the list I got was I got I, I got six hundred and thirty five new subscribers in the thriller genre as a result of that. Now, um, if I just tell you, when I imported it to Mailchimp, that the the, the, the um, spreadsheet had more names and addresses in there but if you think about it as one of the promoting authors people who I um, are already on my list were, were on that that list of 800 and whatever it was when it came in so when I imported to MailerLite this is the stats that I got 635 new subscribers added 113 subscribers updated so those were the subscribers I must have sent to the promo and then 137 uh, subscribers not added and I did have a look at that list. I can't remember what the reasons were why why they weren't um, added to the list. Um, but that I got six hundred and thirty five goodens out of it. Now I paid. Ooh, what do I pay for Authors XP? It's not a fortune. Thirty dollars, forty dollars, something like that. Um, so that's quite a low cost per lead. And as you know, I'm trying to get my uh, subscribers up to ten thousand or thereabouts by Christmas if I can. So this is one of my proactive campaigns to do that. The next Authors XP event that I'm in is going to be January. So I've booked it. I wanted to, I'm trying to build my list. So there's going to be a slight tailover. I won't, probably won't hit it by, um, December. Um, it, the first two weeks of the new year, um, they only run these events by genre at certain times of the year. So I'm going to do the, th the next uh, sci-fi one I could do is going to be in, in January, the first two weeks of January. So I'll, I'll extend that 10,000 leads target to probably the end of January just to accommodate that. But I'm also going to be doing a thriller Insta freebie giveaway and a sci-fi Insta freebie giveaway before Christmas too, just sort of an attempt to try and grow my list near that 10,000 mark, uh, just before we, well, by the end of January now, I'll just extend the deadline slightly. So please try Authors XP. Um, I think if you're sort of struggling and you feel like you get the same old leads in Insta freebie, that it's a new source of fresh leads. That's why I like Authors XP. I feel like I'm not drinking from the same well all the time. I'm feeling that there are new people 
uh, in those lists that I can replenish my own MailerLite list with. As far as other writing news is concerned, it's been a busy week as far as podcast interviews are concerned. I've recorded with former FBI agent Diana Reidenauer and Rob Sinclair, who's, as I mentioned earlier, a thriller writer with Bloodhound Books. He's got a tremendous uh, story, by the way. Diana's interview is fantastic um, because we went into a lot about uh, the misconceptions about the FBI from TV that we all watch and um, and her story in the FBI. Blimey, the work she did in the FBI, fantastic. And then she explains how that all feeds into her books. And then Rob, um, if you, uh, you know, the, from my point of view, I've seen Rob being advertised and he's one of these guys who's come from nowhere having tremendous success. But when I dug into uh, Rob's story for the podcast, blimey, he really, (laughs) really put a lot of effort in to his writing career. And he was years in the wilderness and he spent on his first book. We totted it up yesterday. He spent over £10,000 trying to get his first book ready and he was making just a handful of sales. And this is before he had his breakthrough. So um, Rob's story is really good. It's a really powerful story if you're still struggling to get that early breakthrough. So that's podcast interviews. Uh, I'm interviewing, I tell you, you'll be interested in this. If you listen to um, Mark Dawson's podcast, I'm interviewing James Blatch next week. Now, uh, James is usually known as, as part of Mark Dawson's team. And um, I can't remember what made me think it, but I was thinking, you know what? I want to talk to James just as an author. I don't want to hear anything about um, Mark's business at all. I'm just going to talk to James because I, I sense that he's really struggling with his book and with the edits and he struggled to write it. And we don't really hear a lot about that in Mark's podcast. It's just alluded to. But I was listening to Mark's podcast thinking, I get just getting the sense that James is really having a struggle with this. And we're not hearing this. I want to hear it. And um, I want to hear how he got on with the writing. And, and I don't want it to be as an add-on to what Mark does. I want to hear James's story. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll have a go at that and see if James will say yes. And he said yes. And I'm interviewing him next Tuesday for the podcast. Now I'm way ahead with podcasts at the moment. I actually recorded, where are we? James isn't going to go out till, um, just before Christmas, the 11th of December. Uh, so I am way ahead with, with recordings at the moment. It's just the way it goes with podcast recordings. Sometimes you're thinking, oh, blimey, I'm a, I'm a little bit hairy. I might not have one for next week. And then as I am now, I just got loads of them recorded and edited which is a nice position uh, to be in. So uh, looking forward to doing that with James uh, next week. That would be fantastic. Um, more sad news for you. Um, I got a I got a second knockback from Bloodhound Books. So if you remember, I'd sent them Don't Tell Meg a while ago. They'd asked me for the full manuscript and then it had gone quiet. And I thought, oh, it's a no by the sounds of it. They're not interested in the story. But then I did a couple of interviews related to people at Bloodhound Books. And they said, oh, no, they, they would get back to you. They'd let you know. So I resent it. Then <laughs> they knocked me back anyway after all that. So I thought, right, but I really I really want to get a book with Bloodhound Books. And um, what I suspect, actually, is that probably just what I'm writing is just not the style they're after. I'll, I'll tell you about that in a moment or two, what I'm going to do about that. But I sent them something different, Dead of Night. Now, Dead of Night is just action. It just starts with action. Somebody getting struck by a car, and then it all you know, goes from bad to worse from there. And um, so I thought, right, I'll send them an action one. And um, I got a knockback for that this week. So I am going to send them. Well, I'm certainly going to send them one fatal error when that's been through Helen Fazal and it's all ship shape and good to go. So they'll probably get that just before Christmas when, when it's published. And Yeah, I'll do that just before Christmas. And I might send them Burden of Guilt. I'm just wondering whether they're going to get fed up with me. Um, but if I, if I don't get one published, um, I've actually I had this inspiration in bed this morning. Um, 
you'll know that I'm kind of working to a plan that takes me to the end of March 2018 at the moment. So uh, this quarter I'm writing Deleted, a sci-fi book. Next quarter I'm writing the seventh thriller novel that I'm working on, and that's going to be called Left for Dead. I also had ideas about that story in bed this morning. I had to rush out and, and, and write them down. My, my my wife got a cup of tea in bed this morning. She wasn't expecting it. She thought she was going to have to make the morning brew, but my mind was active, and I leapt out of bed and, and, and had to get things written down before I forgot them. So uh, she she at least was pleased about that. Um, and, and so I, this inspiration is, I, I'm not quite sure what my game plan is after March, because when I've written seven sci-fi books so i've got six sorry i beg your pardon i've got two box sets for sci-fi and two box sets for thrillers and then i'm going to have a free or 99 cents lead-in i've kind of hit the compliment that i want to with those genres and then really what i've been thinking to myself is look you know 14 books is a lot of books paul if you're not really cutting it by the time you've got 14 books and i'm really pleased the book bubs come in this respect because if if i still am not able to do anything after a book bub I have to say to myself okay maybe I'm a not writing stuff that enough people want to read b maybe my writing's not good enough or you know c I I need to go back to the drawing board and figure out what I need to do and so my inspiration this morning was right I know what I'm doing after I finish left for dead in March and I've called it and I'm going to call it it's on my board I even put it on the board this morning I'm calling it Project Bloodhound. <laughs> That's what it's called. It even has a project name. Project Bloodhound involves reading books from authors who are published with Bloodhound. It's going to involve writing a 100,000-word book, and I'll write that over quarter two and quarter three of next year. So it's going to be a 90 to 100,000-word book, a proper-length book like um, Don't Tell Meg Was. It's then going to go to a developmental edit. Now, I've never had a developmental edit done. Um, Helen does what, what is the equivalent of a developmental edit, but I'm, I'm kind of coming to the conclusion that maybe a development and developmental edit is what I need. Now, when you submit to Bloodhound Books, you get the developmental edit if they like the story. So in, in many respects, that's not a deal breaker, but clearly I'm not writing something that's, that's getting them fired up. Uh, they're not seeing it as a as a bloodhound publication, so I very specifically am going to use one of two bloodhound books developmental editors who also do freelance work. Then it's going to go through Helen Fazan, and then I'm going to submit it. So at, at the moment, now again, you know, this, all these plans may change. If if, if suddenly the the book bubs, I suddenly find that I'm a best selling uh, thriller author. You know, oh, there went a flying pig. If that happens, then I'm writing fast and furious and getting more thrillers out there. Okay, so this is, this is subject to change. Sorry, I just knocked a pen on my desk. That's what you heard in the background there. Uh, I'm gesticulating because I'm getting excited. Um, and uh, so if that happens, obviously I have to change my plans. But if it doesn't, if I'm still just selling, making mediocre sales and it's not good enough, then I've got to up my game. And the way I'm going to up my game is Project Bloodhound. Okay, so keep listening for that, and I will. Well, I'll let you know how it goes. I mean, you know, you know, if you listen to these diaries, that this is all subject to change. But I really like that idea. To me, that's just a great way of moving things on as a writer, a really sensible way of moving things on. So again, I'll let you know. Um, what have I been doing this week? I've put, I've now got, um, I put the secret bunker into Vellum this week. Now, the secret bunker was the first book I ever wrote. It was written in Google Drive exported as a Word doc, 
And then the Word doc was what I uploaded to Amazon. And I changed the HTML to get the Kindle book sorted. And it took me hours, and it was a right pain in the butt, um, formatting it for Create Space. But I've, having got that perfect, I, I haven't dared touch it since then. Now, I've, um, I, I've got this the wrong way around. I should have told you about the thing I'm going to tell you next, actually, first. But I wanted to put the secret bunker onto Ingram Spark so that I could let the secret bunker, Scotland secret bunker, order copies with 55% discount. They asked me for that earlier in the year and, and, I've, I had a rethink about it and I thought, yes, if I do book one, then it's just, um, it's just not lead bait, but it's just a sausage on a stick for me. Because if I, I, I could afford to price down book one for the secret bunker, because they, they keep ordering them because I'll make my money on books two and three. So I decided to do that. Um, I've moved the, the word doc into vellum. And oh, it is beautiful. I know you keep hearing me tell you this. Please get Vellum if you haven't got Vellum. Please use it. When I think of the pain it was formatting that book, it was a pain in, in Word. And I just, I brought it into Vellum. A, a little change here, a little change there. And before you know it, it's beautiful. The other thing about Vellum, when you upload it to Ingram Spark, it doesn't moan about embedded fonts or any other, any of that nonsense that you get the first time around. I did it, had all that nonsense to deal with. It just takes the file and it loves it. So um, I am going to move all of my old books that weren't done with Venom, um, hopefully by Christmas. It's a kind of evening job when I'm tired, when I've been at work, this is. I'm going to move them into Venom so that I can more dynamically change the, the blurbs in them, change the links in them. So when I'm doing the also written by Paul Teague, I can just, it's not a big faff to, to update them every time. So that's one of my aims is to move everything into Vellum. And, and the secret bunker is, was the second one I've done. I've also done Burden of Guilt. Now, the reason I did Burden of Guilt is because um, I literally, where are they? Oh, they're, in, they're outside in the hallway. I've finally, um, I've got posters and I've sent copies of books and a covering letter now. They're going in the post. They'll probably go in the post tomorrow, actually, on Saturday when you're listening to this. I'm going to send them to two, well, one of the venues that I mentioned in the book, a cafe that I mentioned in the book and to the Fort William Tourist Information Office. I've sent them both two copies of the book and a covering letter. And the covering letter says um, the book is written about either your cafe or your geographical area. And I, I hope you'll be interested in it. I've given you two copies to have a read. If you think that might be something that you can sell in the shop or the store, I will be happy to send you at my expense 10 copies, which you can sell at any price you want. If you find that those copies sell, then I will supply you through gardeners the, or Bertrams, whoever they use, um, so that they can get them at a 55% discount. So I, I basically cover my costs and they can sell the books and make a three, four quid profit on them, depending on what they sell them for. Now, this is effectively what I've done at Scotland Secret Bunker, and they are my biggest seller of paperbacks. I wouldn't really sell the paperbacks if it wasn't for them. Um, so it's worked there and I am going to try it when I get one fatal error published. I'm also going to contact the forts, um, that it's based on these lovely sea forts, um, off the, I think it's Plymouth. I always get Plymouth and Portsmouth, um, mixed up, but I think it's Plymouth off the coastline there. Um, I'm going to contact them because it's just worked brilliant with the Scotland, with Scotland secret bunker. And, and I sell a lot of paperbacks now because I got so many thrillers now. Again, I could afford to give burden of guilt away as a loss leader. Because potentially, if people pick up that book and read it, then they're going to read another, well, five, five others at the moment, 
six others by the time I've got Left for Dead written. So it, it's good for me. And I get a lot of readers from Scotland Secret Bunker. It's worked really well for me in a, in a, in a small kind of way. So that's the strategy. They're going off with the post. Again, I can remember contacting the Secret Bunker saying, hey, by the way, I thought you might like to know I've written a book about you, <laughs> featuring you, and I'll send you a copy and I hope you like it. Then you keep your fingers crossed that they don't call the lawyers in and start taking legal action. I mean, there, no, I mean, they can't take legal action. I'm just joking, but, um, you know, because I'm not, I, I know my law and I haven't said anything that, um, you know, that would cause any problems for anybody. So, um, I do know that much, but, Similarly, if, if somebody had got back to me and said, do you know what? We'd prefer that you didn't use our venue in your book. Um, I wouldn't be churlish about it. I would, I would just find another cafe. I'd probably give them a ring and say, look, the one up the road doesn't like it. Um, can I, can I write yours in? Or I'd just come up with a fictional cafe in, in that case. Fine. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, I think you'd be a bit daft unless the book was rubbish or controversial in, in, in some way. I think you'd be a bit daft to say no to having your premises in a, in somebody's book. It's great. I mean, it'll be a, it's a place of pilgrimage. If, if the book ever takes off, even in a small way, it'd become a place of pilgrimage for people to go to. I know how many people read my secret bunker book and say, I would love to go there. And that's driving traffic for them. So I say, I think you'd be a bit, it wouldn't be very far sighted if you did say no, but we'll, we'll see what they say and I'll let you know. Um, and, and, and you might hear me saying in a couple of weeks time, I need somebody to bail me out of prison. So if, if I do, please come to my aid. Okay, um, I did say uh, I had a lot of things on this week. So um, I've got a Goodreads giveaway going at the moment on Burden of Guilt. Just wanted to give you the numbers on that. Um, thank you also to people who responded to last week's diary. So I've listed my Burden of Guilt book. It's a paperback, but I've listed it for UK users only because last time I, I did it, I ended up paying a fortune on postage to the USA and elsewhere in the world. So, so far, I've had 158 people requesting the book. This is as of Friday afternoon. There's 12 days to go. And I know from experience that you always get a great big flurry at the end because I think, I think on Goodreads giveaways, they move to the top of the, the line and, and people see them. The closer it gets to the deadline, more people see it. So that's probably going to be, it's going to break 200. It might break 250. Uh, by the time we're at next week and, and to the end of that giveaway. Now, thank you to the people who said, if you put a credit card on your Amazon.com account uh, that takes dollars, then you can get around it. Now, I tried this. Uh, I, I have one of these Cash Plus cards, which is one of these credit cards that, that you load up um, with with dollars. So I, when we went to New York last year, whatever it was, we went to New York, I got one of these cards. I just loaded it up with some dollars. Um, but it's not, it's not like a proper credit card. And obviously I take proper credit cards out too, but it's just my little backup in case I, I need a card. Um, so I got that card out thinking, oh, whoopee dee, this is a great idea. And, um, it's expired. So I need to get that renewed. And then I had to gift a Kindle version of the book to the winner of the author's XP giveaway this week. So I put a credit card on Amazon.com. It sent that gifted version through and then it locked me down. It must have, found out that it's a credit card that's on another account. I don't obviously I need more credit cards by the sounds of it, but um, it wouldn't let me continue. It said you're in the UK, use amazon.co.uk. So I'm going to need to get that dollar card renewed by the sounds of it and put a different card on amazon.com and then I can consider doing the the Goodreads giveaway in the USA. I'd like to do it in the USA because that's where your biggest audience is. Okay, um I think that is it for news um i just wanted to say thank you to the the flurry of 
podcast diary listeners who got back to me last week um, in response to me saying anybody out there who hasn't said hello yet and uh, you know if you're just listening and you haven't you haven't put your head above the parapet yet do say hello and um, it, it came up with some great results so the, the first photo that I got was from wait from it I was getting excited about Japan the other day Mexico so MC Rowley or Rowley Rowley um, apologies if I've got that wrong but MC Rowley um, he's listening in Mexico and has sent a nice picture of the garden there from Mexico. Mexico! How exciting is that? Mexico, Japan. We're all over the place. It's great. So thank you very much for getting in contact. And then uh, Joseph Hannay, who's an author, was um, taking a walk in a very autumnal-looking Surrey Hills uh, and listening to the podcast diary, taking a dog out for a walk by the looks of it. Sent me a nice black and white shot. That looks exactly like a walk that we do by the river in the Eden Valley. Uh, it's beautiful at this time. In fact, you just reminded me, I need to do this walk because it's absolutely beautiful when the leaves are falling. Really beautiful colours there. So thank you, Joseph, for getting in touch. Um, Tim Lewis, who is a, a regular listener to the podcast, Tim runs the Begin Self-Publishing podcast, one of my go-to places for information. It's a great podcast if you haven't checked it out. Um, Tim, I think, seems to take me out on a, a, a weekly walk. So um, he was out walking locally when he was listening to the podcast. And I, I tweeted Tim to say, uh, it's nice to know that I'm helping you keep your step count up. So not only do we do self-publishing uh, tips, advice, and guidance. We also help to keep your step count up as well with this podcast. And also another new listener, uh, Claire Sager. Uh, Claire said, it's not glamorous, but this is my view while listening to the uh, podcast, to the diary. And uh, Claire listens during the commute, the daily commute, and doing the house chores. And Claire has got some, I think, are they sausages? I'm just trying to focus here. Looks very nice. Sausages, I think. Heck, sausages some celery and some carrots. But um, to be honest with you, this is why podcasts work so well, Claire. I went to pick my son up just from school just before I recorded this. I had a podcast on in the car as I went to pick him up, turned it off and we were yakking on the way back. But I've, I I always listen to podcasts when I walk into work, when I'm walking into town, when I'm not with somebody, when I'm on my own, because to me, it's a great way of compressing learning and information. You can still look at the world going around. I still stop to look at the lovely flowers on my walk into town. Um, it doesn't stop any of that, but you're also, you can compress your time and you can learn during that time. So no shame in, in cooking the dinner and listening to the podcast. And that does look really tasty. Okay. On Monday, we have another podcast interview and I'm talking to Lucy Branch. Now, Lucy, um, we've got some great guests coming up, by the way. We, we always have great guests, but uh, Lucy was fascinated. Lucy um, restores statues, and she's got a brilliant story to tell about that. And the the work that she does has inspired her fiction. She's had some great success, huge sales, amazing sales for a, a new author. Um, but she, like the rest of us, I think she, I'm sure, it's a while ago since I spoke to Lucy, I'm sure she had a book bub or, or something. She had something that really fired for her and she shifted a lot of books. And then I think since then, she's, like the rest of us, trying to keep it going. So a really interesting author journey. Um, when she talks about her work, absolutely fascinating what she does as a, as a day job. But that feeds into the writing that she does as well. So that's my guest, Lucy Branch, on Monday's podcast. That's going to be the 23rd of October and that's podcast episode 86 I hope you'll join me then I will be back hopefully having written another 10,000 words next Saturday in the meantime I hope you have a fabulous week of writing and I'll speak to you next week bye bye now thanks for listening to Paul's podcast diary make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update 
and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.